G'day, Mike. How you going? I am absolutely fantastic, mate. I've been just flat out, mate, busy as a one-legged man in an ass-kicking competition. It's been unbelievable. Jumping out of your skin. Jumping out of my skin, mate. We've got a magazine. Wow. We've got a magazine. I've been busy working on that, and I've had some bits of printed paper in my hot little hand today. I got a little bit misty when I was reading it. I had to sort of sit down and sort of wipe a bit of a tear away off the cheek. Yeah, right, but, eh? uh, It lives, it breathes, a Trucking Life magazine is back. Cool. Has so, Rose yeah. been bringing you down a handkerchief? She has. Yeah? yeah she has. Yeah, wiping she has. those tears away, tears of joy? Mate, yeah, I've got, I'm looking at two beautiful Rig of the Month posters. I'll put those up on the wall in my little cage here. Yeah. We haven't got the third one yet. We're still waiting for some pictures for that one. Right. Um, which I'm hoping to have by Friday. Um, and uh, as soon as we've got those and we've got that in the layout, it's off to the printers, mate. Well, I must say you're sounding a little more chilled than what you've been over the last couple of weeks. That's so. because... That's because... <laughs> I finally, I finally managed to herd all the cats. Yeah. And I finally got the ducks in a row. I thought one was a pigeon there for a little while, but we, we're all good. Yeah. Everything, everything's all happening, mate. It's just, it's just, it's magic. It's a thing of beauty. Right. So, so editor Mike's finding his inner peace then. I am finding my inner peace now until I start on the next one. Yeah. Right. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. But, uh, yeah, you know, all good, mate. We've got everything, uh, everything's, everything's sort of all happening. We've got to sort the uh, the cover paper, the cover picture out, but that's that's only a minor challenge. Here nor there. Here nor there. Neither here, neither here nor there, mate. I'll tell you what, you should see these posters. Yeah? Yeah. They are, they are real, you know, genuine old school truck and life posters. I'm so pleased with what I'm looking at. Yep. And... Uh, I'd love to let the, I'd really love to let the cat out of the bag and show people what I'm looking at, but yep. I just I'm not, not going. We've held it in this to, long, mate. So they're going to have to subscribe. They're going to have to go to www.truckandlife.net.au and hit that subscription button. Or we'll see you in casino. Mm. Yeah, we're going to have them up there. So along with some merch, the merch with a few caps coming. Apparently, some t-shirts. Bit of this and a bit of that. Bit of this and a bit of that. I'm going to be. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really big. Come up, casting live from up there. Get might get a photo opportunity with the editor. Might get a photo opportunity with the editor. Might get your bag signed or your hat signed or something like that by Yogi. Yeah, you're going to have your. You're going to have your wing out by then, or is it still going to be? I'm I'm hoping the wing will be out by then. Yeah. I've got to between now and then. I've got to go back and have a review with the uh, the surgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, we've started physio. I've got another appointment with the in the torture chamber tomorrow morning. <laughs> but um, no pain, no gain. They say, but it, but you know, it's it's uh, it's all looking good. Everything's where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Pretty soon, pretty soon, I'll be sweeping back up and down the highway again because I'm going to keep driving. I do a couple of days a week at least, keep me hand in, get me head out there so people can yell at me and, and stuff. So, call yeah, you, that's call you all sorts of things. Oh, look, if they're brave enough, sure. Yeah, why not? But be Maybe. careful because the big fella's got his wing back out. I'll have the, big, I'll have the wing out. I'll probably count a few uh, a few issues of the mag uh, about with me if we've got any left over after casino. We've got a bit of a bet on um, yeah. about, about what's going to happen there, but... 
Yeah. We won't have any left after casino. We'll have to do a reprint. Well, I'll tell you what, if you see me sitting down in the middle of the roundabout at casino on a deck chair drinking honey whiskey at 7 o'clock on Saturday night on the 5th of August, mate, you can be pretty <laughs> sure we've got one left. What, <laughs> uh, um, Mate, I'll tell you what, I have not been – I'm like a kid and a buddy on his way to the zoo or something. You know, I haven't been this excited about something, this for, something like this for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just got it. It's, it's got in, got into me, mate. It really has. Yeah. Oh, look, it's exciting times for it. You know, it I, I can't believe time. the response we've had with subscriptions and people. Hey, this is James Johnston, and you're listening to On the Road Radio and Podcast. Hello, I'm Sarah Patterson. There's been a new development surrounding the tasering of now deceased great grandmother Claire Nowland. Michael Lynch reports. I don't know how we're going to do that. We're going to have to do those manually, I think, but anyway. We've just lost our feed, mate. we just lost our feed. I don't know what's happened there. Yeah. Well, look out. The news has come on. Yeah. Must have uh, jumped itself in there. Anyway, I hope we're back now. Are we back? Oh, I think we're back. Anyway, we'll just keep talking. We'll just keep talking. I don't know if we'll be back. Yeah. I don't know. I think the good old uh, good old computer jumped us out then. Flicked the old news in. I thought we'd got rid of it. I don't know. Anyway. No, I'm just saying. I can hear us now. We're back. Sound of <laughs> I, can, I can hear us now from 30 seconds ago. Sorry, folks. We just uh, yeah, yeah. decided to take us to the news. You know, if we've got... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if it's got wheels or boobs, it'll cause you problems. But this doesn't have wheels and it doesn't oh, have boobs. It still causes us problems. Cloud-based things, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cloud-based things. She does that. A message, you know, I've got a message from Yogi. Let me see what's going on. Yeah? Let me just see. Yogi, he says, yep, you're back. <laughs> We're back. Oh, yeah, good. No, Thanks, Yogi. At least he's, he's listening. Out. At least he's out there. Trying. We know he's still trucking. He's been on the way back. From the east coast, he was down in Esperance before. He told me he was four hours away from home about three hours ago. So, yeah, we um, might get some input from him then, eh? We may well get some input. Hey, we've got a great show tonight. Yeah, we've got Greg Casey coming back on about eight o'clock. Yeah, uh, and we've got to talk to him about the fatigue management thing. Now, we had him on a little while ago, and we were trying to generate some interest in his fatigue management research that he's doing. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's a bit weird, but but some people haven't really been playing. He's like, Yogi sent me a text message now, he's laughing. <laughs> um, I don't know whether he's laughing about being, or being due to be home or whether he's just laughing at us. Probably laughing enough. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk to Greg and refresh everyone's memory about his fatigue management study that he's doing and encourage you all to contact him and participate in that because I've got my interview on Friday afternoon. It's going to be a very enlightening experience, mm. and you know there's a bit to happen there. We're going to talk to uh, talk about the the latest developments in Bogabilla before we get started. Mm. Um, there's a bit going on up there. That I'm sure you've got some information. I've tried to get some information from the police minister. I've got a response from them at the moment. I've been onto the NHBR. And I tried to talk with um, the mayor of Gundawindi. 
but mm. unfortunately he didn't get back to me today. So they don't uh, they don't seem to view this with the same level of importance that the guys that are getting stuck at the border view it with. The escalation of circumstances out there has just been ridiculous. And the, the word that I've heard is that you know, vigilantism is sort of becoming a word that people are, are using. It's not something that I want to encourage. Uh, we can have a talk about that at some stage. If you want to do that first, we can do that first. There's a bit of interesting stuff in the news today, in the basic news, though, if you wanted to... Well, let's start on. on your basic news. The basic news, mate, there's been a bit of a chaos on the tracks here in uh, in uh, on peak hour. Mm-hmm. Um, someone, someone, unfortunately, uh, bloke in a wheelchair has fallen onto the tracks and... Uh, that's brought the trains to a bit of a halt, caused a lot of major delays there this evening. That's unfortunate. Right, that's not good. Not a, not a protester. No, no, not a protester. We've had a bit of, you've had a bit of protest going on up there in Bris Vegas, haven't you? Didn't one of those guys get charged or something? Oh, we've had people every morning, and I think even yeah. this afternoon there might have been another one on the Port Expressway. On the Port Expressway, isn't it amazing how, how these people could just do that and everyone seems to just think, oh, that's okay. You can go and disrupt a whole city, you inconsiderate little cretins, mm. and, yep. uh, just, you know, and just seem as though you just get away with it. It's, uh, it's really a little bit sad, really, isn't it? Well, you know, what, what's so hard about going in and dragging them away? I, know, I understand it's protests and... Yeah. You know, maybe they've got a good point, maybe they don't. But to disrupt everyone else's life around that yeah. is yeah, well, uh, not real good. Anyway, we've got Yogi coming in, mate. You're going to go and hold him. Yeah. Right on. We'll bring Yogi in. Hi, gentlemen. Here he is. Well, here he is. For Wednesday night, afternoon, evening, good evening. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, I am at a little place called Borden. Right, eh? So you're not quite home yet. You've decided to abandon getting home to your lovely wife just to talk to us on the radio station. I'm, I'm one hour from home. I'm returning no? now. From this turn, one hour. So no. we've been away for two weeks now, eh? Right, eh? Yeah, so one you, hour to go. So you're getting right in before up. you get home. I know if I was you, I'd be saying, get home, goodbye, I'm going home, if I was you. Yeah, well, well, that's what I'm doing, I'm going home. But I'm going to talk to my lovely on-the-road radio folks right there in uh, in Truckerbury. So you're you're going to listen to the Gen 2 as well, that's one thing for sure. I think I've ever done a bit of a, you know, chat on the radio with a big Gen 2 humming in the background. No, so... With a Jake break out. That's the guy. <laughs> With a Jake break, Jake break Wednesday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah, yeah. me coffee on the mulberry corner and the freezing cold temperature. So your little tootsies were getting cold, were they, Yogi, this morning? Me little tootsies. I nearly, I, I actually should have probably got out of my slippers. Now I'm not scared to say that I wear slippers in the truck. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I did put the old dandles on, the thongs on, and. Uh, <laughs> But there was there was slippers involved this morning when I left Figuna, uh, start of the ninety miles. Yeah, that's unreal. And I uh, well, because you know that I uh, am a great uh, a great wearer of the mockos while I'm driving. They I do like them. They have the furry feel under the footies. So yeah, 
Coffee on wheat pits. So you had to sit out the front for a while. Well, I had to sit out the front. You're like mum and dad yeah. locked in the car. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Bring, out, bring out a chomp a chomp for them both. And that was it. Mm. And that happened. So, yeah, yeah. Now, I got some fancy barbecue sauce. I'm some Japanese barbecue sauce. I'm still raving about that. I, I, bought, I bought some chips and cheese the other day and I put it on the chips and a couple of nuggets to put fancy barbecue sauce in there. <laughs> you got some How many bottles did you buy? Well, I, well, I only got one. All oh, right, eh? So you must be planning on coming back soon, then. Well, I am. Casino, trucking life lawn, coffee over. You'll be up there. We might have to get some sauce for some tasting sessions up there, will we? That's right. Oh, yeah, well, we'll get the sauce. We'll get the honey whiskey. We'll get it all going on up there. Sauce, we'll honey, whiskey. We'll just get people to bring us some hot chips oh, and they can have some yeah, sauce. Yeah, hey, 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 Londy's takeaway. <laughs> Long days, you know we'll be getting potato cake. Oh, too, too busy organising us. I'm out potato cake from Lundy's. I don't care. I'll take the wrap. You know, <laughs> what's the text line go off? Uh, right. We're probably so coming from her in a minute. Got to now have potato cake, the potato cake, potato scallop argument now. Oh, no, we're not, because I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he is the food critic of the three of us, so yeah, <laughs> can't argue with that. I know him. I know him. Do you want to know the actual reason? What, what the, the definition of a potato scallop and a potato cake? Do you actually know, or you, you know, you don't really sort of care because you're weird and you're from New South Wales? I don't. I am weird. I'm, well, it is I'm just what it I'm, is. It is just what it is. I love that. I don't care what you call them. I reckon they just taste good. I oh, know, they're just fantastic. We had a couple of great ones at your place the other day. So yeah. if, it's, if it's sliced potato, yeah. it's a potato scallop, and if yep. it's mashed potato, it's a potato cake. Oh, right, eh? Well, there you go. So you wouldn't get That's too it. many scallops these days. Well, no, mate, not so much. You, yeah. you do, I mean, I do know that the bloke down at Mortlake, there was a bit of an issue with some of the potatoes down around the... Uh, Yep. Down around the area down there that didn't quite make the grade for uh, for sale on the supermarket shelves because I don't know they just didn't look right or God knows why. 
that old mate from Mortlake decided that he would get them and he'd turn them into chips and he'd turn them into scallops and that would be what he would do to support the uh, the local farmers. So he went ahead and did that. So, uh, yeah. They must we, go through a let... hell of a lot of chips and scallops at Mortlake, mm. Mortlake Roadhouse. Oh, no. Do we let a cat out of the bag? We might be down there for dinner on Wednesday night. Yeah, you will be. Yeah, I will be. I'm, uh, dear, dear. I'm going down. To, we're going down to Mortlake Wednesday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. If you're in the Mortlake area, he's a bit of a jet setter. He is a bit of a jet setter. I've got a bit on, boys. I've got a bit on. I've just got home. I'm going to land my feet for two days at home, and then launch myself back to Melbourne town. So. Yeah. I'm a little bit excited about trucking more and on the road radio. You're coming back on the big bird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Iron up the big bird and uh, well, well, private jet, I think, is what the case is. She lets me have it. Well, he's hardly going to make it back in the truck for the Melbourne if he's in Western Australia by Monday. Right? Might be two up. Might be two up. Might be two up. Imagine they were up in this little 36 inch low line. I know people have done it. And I had a yeah. mate that used to run Darwin in a dummy model tour with yeah. a 36 low line. And you just can imagine. You'd, be, you'd want to be pretty cozy with your two up driver. You would, wouldn't you? I shouldn't have yeah. that, that bet from the driveway. Let's just let him do a two up in this big purple sucker and see what he can do and see what it's like. <laughs> He's got all that room in them big Western stars. I'll get him in old school trucking in your bones, then. Do a bit of two up in a no in a line line nine hundred. You reckon we get? You reckon you get the Ben in, in there, do you? I don't think you can. Would he? Would just? No, I reckon I have not got a hope enough. I reckon I've got more chance of changing potato case to potato stalks than you South Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't think. I don't think Ben's tough enough. enough. I don't think Ben's tough enough to get into a truck with you. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, I'm going to let him have it. I don't want to do it to him. <laughs> Give it to I'm someone so else. Give it to someone else. I'm all packed on my end. I'm so proud. I'm scared of the dark. If I'm just coming down here, I'm actually thinking I can pull up. Yeah, right. But anyway. Yeah, right, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so, did you take some pictures of the sun up this morning, did you, mate? The sun coming yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm honing my skills. Uh, right, eh? People, I'm honing my skills with the photographer. I had a little tutorial, and it turns out one of our team photographers is a bit of a Nippon expert as well. Oh, right. So, so she's been helping me a little bit as much as you helped me a lot. Yeah. She's going to help me a little bit uh, on Wednesday night as well. So, All right. Well, well, we'll look forward to uh, seeing some of your happy snaps. I'm sure you'll see them through. I know that uh, I know that, that camera of yours actually shoots things in the right size and the you know, that 300 dot per inch sort of a range and the, yeah. the right volume. So that's what we can use. I know, and I did. And for, for the record, if anyone, if Amanda, if you're listening and you want to hear me say sorry, Lindy, if you want to hear me say sorry, I'm about to say sorry to anybody yeah. who I bagged out that I said iPhone is the only way to go. I yeah. now know why iPhone are good, good pictures, don't get me wrong, but... Not good for anyone else. Other things, putting them in your camera roll and, and putting them on Snapchat. Because I now know we have dots per inches and, and megabytes and kilobytes and all yeah. those kind of trucking bytes that we're looking at. And uh, I understand the process now. So, yeah. yeah no, that's, that's, so I'm that's sorry good. for paying Lindy out. <laughs> that's good. And Nick, if your husband's listening, Lindy, tell him to say sorry too, because me and Nick are always paying Lindy out about. Being using an iPhone, just take it. Just take an iPhone picture and send them the bill. It should be fine. Yeah, yeah. Turns out it's not fine. No, it's not fine. <laughs>
It is absolutely not fine. In fact, I, I now, before I even look at the picture, I look at them as a file on the computer screen and if they're not big enough or the right resolution, I don't even look at the picture because I don't want to be disappointed anymore. Hmm. It's, uh, it's really, really bad. You know, you'll see this really, really cracking pictures in your ears back and then you look at them and it's like 400 kilobytes or something. You can't use it. It's just pointless. Hmm. Anyway, there you go. Lessons so, for us all. Lesson for us all in that. So if you're going to enter your truck in the Rig of the Month competition as you can for the very next issue of Trucker Life magazine, make sure that you follow the instructions on the entry form and get your pictures into the right format because it won't matter how good she looks if I can't print the pictures. It's no good to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But, um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's it. It's all uh, it's all happening. I'm uh, I'm very excited about it all. Yeah. So, yeah. so Yogi, just before you come back on, we had um, we had a little, slight discussion again about Bogabilla and some issues, and Mike's had a bit of contact with some people this week. Mm. So yeah. I got on to. Do you want to go on with that now? Is that where? Well, I was go? just going to ask Mike. You know, like we all know at times that these things can be difficult to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think um, this one's any different. There's a, there's a lot in it. <clears throat> um, Ray Hadley had a big chat with the mayor of uh, Bogabilla, sorry, the mayor of Gundawindi the other day. And Ray Hadley, you can go to the 2GB website and you can sort of have a listen to it. It's a 17 minute interview that I listened to where Ray Hadley described the circumstances of the crime that's been occurring in the area. Mm. Um, car, cars are being stolen in Gundawindi and brought across the border and dumped and burnt out and used to commission other crimes. Um, there have been people that have been hassled in in Bogabilla and in the motels. A couple of drivers have been bashed now. We've talked about this over and over. So with, with with respect to all this, I tried to get hold of the uh, the minister to get a comment from the minister of police, uh, um, Desmond Catley, to find out what was going on. Now I have word from her assistant chief of staff today that the minister doesn't have enough information at this time to talk about it live on the radio, and I understand that. Um, but these things have been happening for several weeks now, and I think it's just a little bit probably sad that the minister doesn't have enough information to have a position formed and to have been briefed by the police about what's going on up there. It is, after all, a very important thing. Having said that, the minister's in it up to her neck with this old lady that got tasered and uh, lost her life. And, of course... The issue there uh, with Mr. Steve MacGyver, who was bashed by a police officer a couple of years ago, that's all just gone through the through the courts. The policeman has resigned, and Mr. MacGyver was found to have been treated rather poorly by the police in New South Wales. So unfortunately, the New South Wales Police Service at the moment are in it up to their neck. Um, we don't know what's happening with uh, policing at Bogabilla. As far as I'm aware, there's no 24-hour presence at Bogabilla. So if you're going up that way, and, I, and I, if I was you, I would be putting the police station 
had gone to Indy in your speed dial and be calling them because they now have a 24-hour police service there. Queensland Government have assigned, I think it's I think it's either seven or nine officers to gun the wind, an extra seven or nine officers, and they have that 24-hour police presence. And the gun the windy police, under the cross-border arrangements, can come and help you out if you're near the border there. Um, I got onto the NHBR as well, and I asked them for a statement. Uh, obviously, there's that camera there halfway between Bogabilla and Gundawindi that all the drivers would know about. And, in fact, that camera was the reason why one of the drivers stopped at Bogabilla and he did, in fact, get back because he was there on a mandatory fatigue break. So we've got all this stuff cooking along in the background. I did ask the uh, NHBR if there was any sort of a, uh, a leniency or anything like that going to be applied to anyone in the uh, with the camera there. And they said that, that right now that they, they couldn't say that that would be the case. They are looking at it to see if there's a spike in numbers of drivers or anything like that, if there's a spike in people there that don't have uh, or are going to have an issue with that camera time. They're saying to me that there's no, that they don't believe there's a reasonable step defence to go through that camera. They're saying plan your trip times so you don't have to stop. I did point out that uh, we've got to talk about the reality of what is happening and be pragmatic about it rather than the fantasy. The closest place that you can stop safely now, it would appear, is the Puma at Moree if you're going northbound. And to me, that's not good enough. Why should a truck driver have to worry about their safety that much that they're going to lose an hour and a half or two hours worth of work uh, because... The police can't control the idiots at the border. Mm. I, I think that they're actually um, asking people to stop before Ballada, weren't they? They were. That's part of it, yeah. Um, so that police chase that they had there, there was a white Volkswagen Touring, which was stolen in Gundawindi. It was taken to Bogabilla, where a number of crimes were committed. Uh, the police, that that uh, vehicle was reported as stolen. It was spotted in Moree by the police in Moree, and they tried to hold uh, to pull the vehicle up. The occupants of the vehicle then sort of headed north, and, and there was a bit of a, a chase there, apparently. Um, ultimately, the occupants of that, that car ended up abandoning the car on the highway northbound, and the occupants dispersed into the into the scenery, two of them were arrested and taken back to Moree, and another three were detained later or the next morning walking along the side of the road. They've all been charged with various incidents of, you know, all serious crimes. But the problem with it is that these kids, are, and they're mostly uh, under 18, have been just caught, captured, charged and released. Mm. There doesn't seem as though there's any backlash for them at all and uh, they're just going out and re-offending re again and again and again. One and of those just got Yogi trying to call offense. back in again here, Mike. I'll just grab him right back on again. Right Sorry, mate, you dropped out. Anyway, Mike's on his yeah. soapbox at the minute. I mean, I'm on the soapbox. So, yeah, one of these kids is, is re-offending over and over and over again. 
and just keeps getting let go. It's like catch and release business. It's just ridiculous. So we're, we're, we're in a position now where we're waiting to see what's happened. The Minister, uh, Minister's Chief of Staff, the Police Minister of New South Wales' Chief of Staff has uh, promised me that they will get back to me. Uh, there has been a release from the NHBR on social media, but there's nothing on their website. And I did point out to them that not everyone's on social media. Perhaps some information on your website would be handy. Mm. Um, they are saying that they're not going to cut anyone any slack if they go through the camera. Uh, and to me, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to like about the NHBR, but there's a lot to dislike. And in these circumstances, I would say to anyone that I would if it was up to me and I was going to be a few minutes out or whatever I'd be trying it on and I'd go to court too and I'd say why you know to defend myself if it came to it I would go to court with this you have to be allowed to have a safe place to have a rest and we're law abiding citizens or we're trying to be we deserve to be looked after we deserve to be protected my question you out there Gabe it's a bit loud Hey, oh, no, we're all good. I'm just tuning in. So we're back. Well, not really. I'll, I'll no. just drop you out there, mate. That's picking up, yeah. Oh, no, you're right, Neil. Just picking up that big gen, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so the short story is uh, it's a case of no one's, no one's saying anything, no one's doing anything, no one wants to know anything. We do know that a, a, a teenager lost his life there the other night in Bongabilla in a car accident. I don't know the circumstances surrounding that. Um, and to be perfectly honest, they haven't looked too hard either. Um, <clears throat> it's not something that... It's not so... I don't want anyone losing their life up there. And I certainly don't want truck drivers being vigilantes, although I can understand why some of them would defend themselves. My worry is that if they do do that and they do get themselves in trouble, they will pay the price for it. Mm. Um, I'm sure when Greg Casey comes on afterwards, we could have a chat with him about what he would be doing if he was a highway patrol officer up there. He isn't, of course, and he doesn't speak for the doesn't speak for the New South Wales Highway Patrol any longer, or not that he ever did. But you know, hypothetically, you know, I'd like to ask him what would he do if he saw, a, you know, if he pulled someone up for a check and he saw a, a binder bar sitting beside the seat or something like that. I mean, Greg's a reasonable reasonable guy. They, they're all there doing their job. I don't blame the actual police officers for what's going on. I blame the government. I blame the state governments for not having adequate resources and allowing things to be taken care of in the way that they should. Mm. I blame the NHVR for being so pig-headed that they think that it's OK to punish people. And even now... If you look at what's going on now, this uh, entries in logbooks and things like that, they've turned that from a simple five hundred odd dollar fine into a, into a, like thousands of dollars worth of fines. Mm-hmm. They've turned it into a from a, just a small thing into a into a, in, an indictable offence to make an, yes. make an incorrect entry in your logbook. You know? like everything is everything's done with intent. It's rubbish, absolute rubbish. Cheaper to throw the bloody logbook out the window. Seems to me that they want to do everything they possibly can to get everyone on the electronic work diaries. That's an entirely another conversation. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it does. It does seem a little bit like that, doesn't it? You know, so there's no sort of doubt about that. Well, you know, we can go on about that. My interest at the moment is what's going on at Bogabilla. Mm. Yeah. 
and all over the place. I mean, there have been instances of guys being dragged out of trucks and, and robbed or assaulted or, or whatever. It seems these thugs up there don't care if you're an old person, you know, in a camper van. Well, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know what truck you're going into. If you've decided yeah. to hit a truck, you don't know who's in there. It could be, yeah. well, it could be, could be one of our female trucks. You know, like well, that's the, the other side of it. Yeah, it, you've got you've got no idea, and I don't understand why people are doing it. I got I, it's beyond me. Yeah, why? And it's just such a such a such a worrying thing. And you'd hate for it to sort of elevate into a what well, is the word for it? You know, like a someone else does it because they've seen it done. You know, mm. what's that word there? Oh, that's the word. copycat crime. Really, the copycat sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, the scenario. The vigilante issue is the thing, though, you know? I mean... Yeah, you know, I know, some, I know, yeah. I know. We're all yeah. big and strong and tough and think we can protect ourselves and yeah. you try anything to protect your cabin, your livelihood. I know everything I'm sitting here within arm's reach is my livelihood and yeah. you try and do anything you can and if it, if it goes bad, and your livelihood's going to go. Then yeah, well, someone said to me today from one of the authorities, why don't the drivers just start their trucks up and drive off? Well, I mean, what happens to the cars in front of them? What happens if they run over? What happens? Yeah, well, there's that. But I mean, half of the trucks. I mean, you've seen, you know as well as I do. You fire your truck up after he's been sitting there for a couple of hours. Sometimes you have to build some air up. So what do we expect these thugs to just stand there and wait while you build your air up? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit like the old Jim Jeffries one in it on on guns yeah. in safes. Yeah. <laughs> just hang there for a minute while I get my gun here. Yeah. yeah, just yeah, and then then of course then there's the other thing. Just hang on there for a minute, thug. I've just got to fill my logbook out because I want to get <laughs> done because I've false and misleading entries. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. just hang on, I've got to press the red button in. I'll supply the yellow button, another red button. No, one of them. Oh, I know, one but supplies the trailer brake. Oh, that one, right? All right. I don't know which one, one is through. because it hasn't got it printed on the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know oh, which one to put. I'm going to have to work it out. Yeah. Oh, hold the button. I've got to play. Hang on. Just stand on the fence. Just wait your turn. One job at a time. Wait there. You can, you can bash me in a minute. Just wait there. There. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Is, it, is anyone... Is this a comedy, isn't it? You couldn't make this shit up. Yeah, I know. I don't... There's no... Yeah, you're right in what you're saying. You tackle the, the problem and there's problems up there in community. I don't want to tackle up. the problem. This is yeah, this is the whole problem with the, the, the whole enforcement of transport transport law now. The heavy vehicle national law is a sick joke, in my opinion. The the NTC need to be grabbed and they need to have their bloody heads pushed into the mud and, and, and have them understand that what they're doing to people ruins their lives. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's all a consequence the the the, the, the the uh, NHBR have to have to enforce a bastard set of laws made by a bastard set of pen pushers who have got no idea of the consequences of what they're doing. So they talk about safe rates and all that sort of stuff. We deserve a safe work environment. That's what we deserve. Mm. Yeah, that should be priority A for everything. Okay? It's I, like being I mean, going, going that way. You know, you can stop at Bogger Bill and you're either going to be stabbed in the in the chest or stabbed in the back further up the road. That's right. Oh, you can drive a story train, bang that and truck it like that. No, no, that's, no, no, that, that, that's, but this is it, isn't it? I mean, here's the thing. You've got a bloke who knows that if he goes under that camera and he's, what, four minutes out, Yogi? 
Oh, well, yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe. Yep, right. Be. Like, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, <laughs> they'll come after you for four minutes. Yeah. You know? If it's a discretion in your book, I know they, well, it, yeah. For the right. record, Enoch, they never come after me. It was a task force to come after me. Well, I'm saying, I don't care, I don't, I don't yeah. care who it was. The authorities, whoever they are, will come after you for, come after us for a small discrepancy in the mm. logbook, right? We will get we will get fined thousands. We can lose our livelihoods, and these little assholes are coming around doing whatever they like and getting away with it over and over and over and over again. Yeah, law-abiding yep. citizens being punished. Mm. Well, my, my advice thugs getting away with it. My advice would be to continue going to Gundy and find a nice area. At one of those yep. two big truck stops. Now, my belief is if you did that and you stopped at one of those stops and then yep. took your required break, I'm yes. pretty sure most officers would be quite um, compassionate in, in what you did. If you continued yep. further on, that would different be a different story. story. But my advice to anybody would be to continue on and find a safe spot and go to court, represent yourself, mm -hmm. And, and say what you did. But you've got to have been doing the right thing prior to that. Yeah, you know? but yeah, have, have, have respect for yourself, you know, yeah. and don't, and, and have respect for what you're doing and don't carry on. Don't just, oh, look, I'm that side of the board. I'll just keep going there, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, mm. oh, oh, we used to do it back in the day. I don't really care about that. Have yeah. a bit of respect for yourself and your industry and what you're doing. Yeah, look, I'm not saying to anyone break the law willfully. Yeah, All I'm no. saying is if you, you know, if you plan to be able to get to Gundawindi or, you know, wherever on the other side of the border, on the north side of the border, you plan to get to one of those big roadhouses there where you feel as though you're going to be a bit safer um, and, you you know, you're coming up to it and you're coming up to Bogabilla and you've been stuck behind a wide load, you've been stuck behind the bloody caravans, whatever, and, you, and you know, you're worried you're going to be three, four, five minutes out then I would be personally, if it was me, I would I would go. And then if and if the uh, the fecal matter hit the oscillating object afterwards, I, then I'd go to court. I really would. Mm. I wouldn't. You know, you'd have to defend yourself. As far as I'm concerned, we talk about reasonable steps to fix for chain of responsibility. Well, chain of responsibility affects everyone, mm. and we're at the bottom of the chain. So if, if, if the big boys can have a chain of responsibility of defence for some of the stuff that they pull, why can't we have a, have a, uh, a, a, a chain of responsibility of offence, sorry, defence for doing things that keep our life, keep us safe? Mm. It's not an unreasonable risk. It's happening. It's happened over and over and over. It's been constantly in the news for the last several weeks that it's happening up there. Yeah. So much... So much so that the mayor of Gundawindi got on the bloody radio with Ray Adler yesterday morning for a 15-minute conversation about it. Yeah. Oh, really? So it made, so it made Ray Hadley, wasn't it? Oh, mate, it's made Ray Hadley. Not that I like yeah. Ray Hadley much, but, you know, it's no, made no, Ray no, Hadley. Yeah, hey? we'll, we'll, make, we'll get on Ray Hadley one day. We'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I'd have a go at Ray Hadley. He'd probably hang up on me, though, because I disagree with something he said. That's how he rolls. We might hang up on you now. Good morning. Why not? Do it. Yeah. So, Mike, the state origins on tonight, too. Is it? Yeah. 
didn't realise that, mate. Well, it won't matter. New South Wales probably haven't turned up. <laughs> no, they're running late. Uh, are you boys still there? Yeah, no, we're here. What? 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 <laughs> Have they turned up? Yeah. What's, what's State of Origin? What's that? Uh, the game that New South Wales lose. Mm. Yeah, right, eh? twenty-two right, minutes right. till it starts. Anyway, you know, you know that game. You got to throw the ball to go backwards to go forwards. That game, mm. that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I actually yeah. like rugby, yeah. and I reckon I would have played number ten. I would have run the front row if I could. I'm mm-hmm. big enough. I'm definitely an ugly enough to be on the front row. I reckon I could do the front row. I reckon I could have pushed up. Yeah, yeah. pushing. I kind of missed it. I, I look. I wouldn't have played. We played a little bit as kids growing up in. I grew up in the heart of AFL and, you know, learn how to kick the ball with your left and right foot and, you know, throw it yeah. forward, not backwards. So it was yeah. one of those things in life. But I actually enjoy rugby league as a spectacle. And me yeah. around in Brisbane and North Queensland for years sort of got me on the Maroon bandwagon for a Victorian. Yeah. Pre any Victorian club. So, yeah. yeah. So just to clarify, because I've been, I've said the mayor of Gundawindi several times, right? People are going to say, do you even know the mayor of Goodwin is, Mick? And I'm, saying, I'm not going to say, yeah, I do. Mr. Lawrence Springwall. Now, Mr. Springwall has got a, a fair history in Queensland. At one point, one point in time, he was an opposition leader in Queensland. Yeah, and, the uh, name does ring a bell. Lawrence Springwall, yeah. So he's now the mayor of, of, of Gundawindi. So for those who think I didn't know, I did. Not Sorry. Gundawindi. 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 No, it's Gundawindi. I should, yeah, I know. I should, I should say Gundawindi. They'll, they'll be coming up. It's like, it's like potato, potato, though, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be going to say potato. Hey. You're onto it. Oh, yeah. Cancel Lawrence Springborg. So, yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a dude. Yeah. Bit of a dude. Bit of a dude. Bit of a dude. Yeah. So is he onto it in this interview? Well, he is. He is. He's, uh, he, he was onto it. He was talking all about it. And uh, now he also said that there's not much he can do about what goes on in Boca Villa. No. Uh, you know, um, but they are, you know, they are aware. Ray Hadley did put it to him that it was the Indigenous youth who were causing the problem. And, of course, the, uh, the career politician that is Lawrence Springborg immediately started backpedalling away from that. So he didn't want to get into that discussion. Um, I don't know that it is all the indigenous kids. I think that it's just it's just irresponsible teenagers. Some of them happen to be indigenous and others don't. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, the yeah, well, it's, are, yeah, it's just stupidity. Yeah. Well, it's you know just where you come from or what you do. It is blatant stupidity. Behaviour that shouldn't be condoned by anybody. And well, it's my, not condoned. My, but I don't think it is yeah. condoned. But it's out of control no. because because there doesn't seem to be any consequences. Yeah, but not doing anything's the same as condoning it. Mm. So, well, all I can say yeah, is that, that, yeah, that opens up a whole new kettle of fish, doesn't it? If you don't, yeah, if it's not a problem, well, I know if it's a problem and people are thinking it's a problem, but they're not doing anything about it. Well, you thought you're not, yeah, you're not actually tackling the problem, but it mm. becomes yin and yang and chicken in the egg. Well, if, if our if our government was serious about the uh, the rights and the protection of the property and the people, the law-abiding citizens of the area, and those of us that are traversing the highways there, they would station a bloody policeman there. Mm. I mean, how much we pay our tax, we deserve we deserve to be protected. 
they say you can't defend yourself because we're defending you. Well, mm. tell that to the bloke that's having the facial reconstruction surgery at the moment. Yeah, he's probably because in he was, disagreement with that. He might not. He might not agree with it. Tell that to the bloke who got bashed three times across the back with a golf club. He might not be agreeing with you. Tell that to the people who have been terrorised in the motel rooms. Tell that to the people who have had their windscreen of their camper van smashed. Tell that to the people who have had their cars stolen, their houses ransacked. Mm. You know? The yeah. bastards are more than happy to take our rates and pay our, take our tax money. Um, and, they, and then they go and they pretend these little, protect these people. I mean, just remember what you saw there the other week in Queensland where these little thugs that are running around committing the crimes, the local community decided to confront the thugs, the thugs, and all of a sudden there's the police resources there mm. to protect those very thugs. We all saw it on television. Mm. You know, people people getting there and uh, disrupting the traffic, disrupting a whole bloody city because it suits them to do it, and the police will just stand there and watch it happen instead of dragging them off the road. Maybe the best thing to do instead of ringing and saying you're being bashed is to ring him and tell him you just shot one. Well... <laughs> There's a joke about that. There yeah, is a joke. Uh, about that. Or, yeah, or, or there's a process on, and then they'll be up there no gun. Then if there's a process, yeah, that's right. Walking yeah. the highway, there's a process. Yeah. No, but it, it can't be any protest if it's if it's a if it's a uh, left wing protest. That's cool. That could all happen. It's got to be about climate right change. One. Climate change. Uh, it's got to be about climate change. That's fine. Is there climate change down in the Port of Brisbane too? Has there been another Maybe. blockage in the Port of Brisbane? There is when you've got 400 trucks that are sitting there idling along the Port Motorway. You just you just cannot make it up. It is absolutely... <laughs> the, the, it is. Someone, someone blocked the Port, eh? Is there another protest down there? Yeah, uh, we yeah. know for an inside scoop here, Tech Guy. You do a bit of uh, that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. Hey. What's been going on down at the Port? Oh, they're just they're protesting there in the morning about climate change. Right, eh? Decided to block oh. the, the 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 port. I was reading. There, was it in um, Singleton somewhere up there today? They were blocking coal trains. Oh yeah, I know. Oh right. So right. seems as though there's some new group out and about to try to cause a bit of yeah. I bit don't of understand it. Don't yeah. understand it. I bet you they still go home to their electric heater at night, though. I bet they do. I love it. I love it when all these bloody greenies start carrying on about climate change. And then they're doing, they're, they're doing their protests on their bloody iPhone. You know, capitalism's bad. Down with capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but they're doing it on yeah, Facebook. Facebook. They're doing it on Twitter. They're doing it on social media. <laughs> um, and they're doing it on their iPhone. And, you know, they're wearing their bloody uh, synthetic-made clothes yeah. and their... You know, they're wearing their Nike sleepers, slip bloody boots that have been made with slave labour in Vietnam. Yeah, but that's or different because they're just using that as a conduit. Oh, it's a conduit. A isn't conduit. It? Yeah. Conduit. All word of the day, ladies and gentlemen, oh. on the road radio on a Wednesday night. A yeah. conduit. Yeah. Conduit or con job. Con job. Yeah. Conduit or con job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What is it? I don't know how they don't get run over, to be honest. There's some pretty crazy people there. They run into each other without even trying. Yeah, well, I had a bit of a laugh there before. I said, obviously, you know, there's a lot of stuff gets sent. I've had sent one today. <laughs> there's some protester standing in front of a car somewhere. I think it was in France or somewhere. And all of a sudden, this dirty great big orange cone comes sailing out of nowhere. And, oh, oh, I saw that. The side of the head. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. that it was like it was like it was almost like a Steve Inman <laughs> unnecessary commentary video or something. And that wasn't it wasn't Steve Inman, it was someone else. But it was the unnecessary commentary <laughs> sort of a situation and I just laughed. I roared. I thought, God, oh, that's funny. It was well done though, wasn't it? Yeah. Have you seen some of those Steve Inman videos? Oh. About the about the guy, because Steve Inman, before the COVID, before COVID, that he was a, uh, a uh, what do they call it, ultimate, what do they call it, UFC or whatever it is, the MMA or whatever, mixed martial arts commentator. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah, well, he was one of those. Anyway, short story, he started commenting, commentating on videos. He's on Twitter and Facebook and all that sort of thing, and they call it unnecessary commentary. So uh, he always refers to the soy boys with their hot going over for their hot pockets and being <laughs> smashed into the into the next dimension and all that sort of stuff. It's absolutely wildly amusing. If you're listening, if <laughs> listeners, buddy, search Steve Inman unnecessary commentary on Google. Strap yourself in because you'll be there for an hour laughing your ass off at these idiots. But, on. What is that a lot at 11 o'clock at night sort of worm that you followed on the interweb and that's got right. realised you should have went to bed hours ago? And you that's right. Two o'clock in the morning, you're still laughing at it. Yeah, yeah. Two o'clock in the morning, you're still laughing at it. And the name of research. Still yeah, a bit of research. Right. And just, uh, oh, yeah, Chris researching. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, 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 it's like Trev. Uh, Trev, the uh, one of the top three in the world. That's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> you can sort of just you can just watch it, and because it's lot of lots and lots of little short grabs, you know, mm. and, you get, uh, and, and it's just funny as. We uh, I gave Trev a top three in the world video the other day. I actually took him advice. I had to take me big Billy card into the uh, into the build up area of four meters <laughs> wide, and uh, I think he said it got a like. I thought a couple hundred thousand views or something like that is what the video's got. Uh, <laughs> it's going you know, You'll be right there, Yogi. You see that big the big Billy Carson doing bush work and you'll be fine. You'll be straight here with what he told me. I'm right, I'm into it. Oh, dear. He's a big supporter of the show, Trevor. He, uh, he was telling me again the other day on the phone that his wife was extremely spoke that he didn't swear much at all. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. For, for a concrete yeah. and an excavator operator top three in the world, he's done really well. So yeah. he, he was he was very happy with the radio show. And he said, anytime you want him to come back on, just give him a ring. Yeah. So I just decided to Google Steve in the while we were talking. And it was American MMA he was he was a commentator of, mixed martial arts, sports commentator. For, for the King of the Cage since 2007. King of the uh, Cage? King of the Cage, 2007. I'm the King of the oh, Cage, mate. but he was... No, King of the Cage since 2007. And uh, the official Steve Inman, back for more non-essential commentary, uh, is on YouTube and other forms of social media. Uh, funny, funny, funny guy. So yeah, go and have a bit of a Google. Do yourself a favour. As, as Yogi says, you'll be, you'll start watching it, and then you'll realise you should have stopped watching two hours ago because it's past your bedtime. <laughs> and I, I know that happens to me. That happens to me a lot. I tell you, I tell you what happens to me. I've, I've got these bugs for photography now. 
Yeah. I was going out on uh, out on the airstrip this morning out there in Balladonia and on the 90 mile. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I feel like I was hiding around the back of the trailer just taking pictures of road trains as they'll go past. <laughs> 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 oh, I wanted a couple of ways to give me a boot. So if you see me out there, I was making a coffee. I said, you make Ramsey's in the horse plate. No, I'm out there giving me a boot. I wasn't broken down. I was actually making a coffee and taking yeah. a couple of happy fans trying to own my skills out there on the, uh, on the Malibor. I hate to break into the for festivity, but uh, we probably really should go to a song. Yes. Yeah. So, so the tech guy can get Greg Casey on the phone. We'll see. Oh, and I'll drop out here, boys. So I'll drop off and I'll tune in for Greg. And uh, yeah, I might catch you in an hour. So right. Well, you better be quick because right we'll bit this time an hour or so. We'll be wrapping it up. Right. All right. Well, I'll be gone. I'll see what I can do. Anyway, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, on the road radio. We're gonna. Got a change in guests on Saturday night, but it uh, should be a bit of a nice one there for a, mm-hmm. a fantastic South Coast family from Vega and uh, we'll have to find out. We'll talk on Saturday. We'll have to find out all about that. All right. Well, well, Jim, bit of the clash, eh? Should I stay or should I go? <laughs> right on. Got it. You should stay. To let me know Should I stay or should I go If you say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time So you've got to let me know Should I stay or should I go It's always taste, taste, taste you're happy when I'm on my knees One day is fine and next is black So if you want me off your back Well come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go Should I stay or should I go Decisions burden me. Decisions If you don't want me, set me free. Exactly who I'm supposed to be. Don't you know which clothes even fit me? Come on and let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow? Should I stay or should I go now? 
Well, we're back, everybody. We're back. Mike, I'm you back. still there? Yeah, mate. Greg. Hello, how are you going? Greg Casey, back again for a bit of a chat tonight. Yes. Former, former New South Wales Highway Patrol officer, but we won't hold that against him. Oh, I hope not. He's oh. probably still got friends. <laughs> He's probably still got a couple of friends, maybe. Mm. <laughs> He's probably anyway. still got a couple of friends. We, lo- we like hey. you, Greg. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Tell me, answer me a question, Greg. Yep. I mean, yep. this is straight out of this. This is straight out of left field. Straight out of left field, mate. When you were sort of sitting there and you were, you know, playing the highway patrol game and you were doing speed enforcement duties and things like that, and some was it like fishing? Was it like? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it it pretty much was. Um, and and it, what we were looking for varied from time to time, and and um, yeah, the, the the size of what we were looking for also varied depending upon time of day, um, you know. So the time of day, whether it was a long weekend or Christmas or something like that, you know, the yeah, um, yeah, and and weather conditions, all that sort of thing. So um, you know, some guys used to uh, used to say they had a certain tolerance, but. Um, yeah. You know, anybody who was fair income would would adjust their tolerance to um to suit the conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, yeah. and when you and when you and when you sort of is it like sort of super? Have you seen the movie Super Troopers? Have you, mate? <laughs> I I have, but uh, but but that's taking things a bit far. That one. <laughs> so it's so it's not like that. <laughs> no. Not like Super Troopers. No. I like that. That's all right. Some guys used to carry on like that sometimes, but they were usually put put back in their box fairly quickly. <laughs> the me, the meow joke. You remember the meow joke? Yeah. Like, yeah. But the uh, uh, like body body cams and in car videos sort of destroyed all those <laughs> fun opportunities. I can imagine that it has taken the fun out of it, hasn't it? It, it has, it has. You know, there, there was a lot of uh, speculation and concern when they first came in, but um, yeah. aside from the fact that it it, it uh, ruined some of the games that used to be played, um, they were yeah. worth their weight in gold. Well, yeah. you know, you've got to have a little bit of fun about it. You said you can't ask that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't ask it, Yogi, and I did, right? Uh. Oh, dear. <laughs> Well, I remember talking to someone about these dash cams and that when they first came in, and yeah. it was actually someone from the from the establishment. Greg said to me, "If um, just make sure you buy one that you know you can get the card out of it quickly and eat it if needed." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yes, yes. Well, it, it, it's hard to do that with the police systems because they're like once it's recorded, that's it. There's She's no way. No way of deleting it. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. We, we, I, I suppose you... it's. I suppose it's good for the integrity of the system because no one can ever accuse you. Like no solicitor could ever accuse you of uh, um, deleting, deleting the evidence or, or, or playing with it. Mm. Yeah. So you got it. So you got it there, back into the back cave, or down at Carbon Black, or something like that, mate. And someone zips past you uh, doing excessive speed. 
engaged in crime and or evil, as the white wing warrior would say. And, yes. and uh, did you did you sort of did you get a little rush when you get Ooh, got one? Oh, got a. Well, I, I don't know. I suppose sometimes, um, if if it was a big enough speed and they were they were driving like enough of an idiot, um, yeah, yeah, there, there was always a sense of satisfaction of taking an idiot off the road. Um, I'm sure there was. Yeah, yeah, you know, I reckon and, I'd have made a bloody good highway patrol officer myself. I reckon I'd have been good at that. They'd never get away from you. Hey, imagine the bo- the soapbox had come out. Imagine the lectures on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't be able to help yourself. And so the, the, the problem when, when video came in, the in-car video, is that when you gave a statement for court or you are preparing a statement for court, you had to yeah. give every word that was recorded. And sometimes people didn't realise how much they said when they were doing a, a, um, a vehicle stop. So uh, in, instead of a two or three page statement for someone running a red light, it turns into like 10 or 20 pages because they're yeah. sitting, standing there, crapping on, talking all the time, but they've got to put every word that's recorded into the statement. Mm. Oh, no, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very, very time consuming. Sure, it did. Back in the day, though, like, uh, well, I'm talking to say back in the day, I mean, I look at my, uh, my transcript of offences because I have, been known to fracture the odd law back in the day. Right. Uh, <clears throat> I got done for uh, failing to vindicate my intention there once and uh, several other things. And then I've had a, a, a big long period of over 20 years where I sort of haven't had too many infringements. Um, is you know, the, the, the standard of evidence or the way these things go through the courts now, um, they, that, that sort of changed, hasn't it, in that time? The way, the way, like the amount of paperwork that you would have had to do as a police officer. Well, what, one of the advantages, um, certainly over the last 20 years, with the introduction of the in-car video, was that it saved a lot of court matters because people knew they were cooked. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if, uh, of course, prior to uh, the in-car video, um, no one ever ran a red light. It was always orange yeah. or green. But yeah, when that's you, right. Conclusive video evidence that shows them yeah. actually running the red light while the police car is looking at a green one. Um, <laughs> it, it saved uh, a, a lot of court matters because people would just fold up in two and say, oh, "Okay, you've got me." Yeah, um, yeah I suppose that it's a double-edged sword. It proves you're innocent or it proves you're guilt, one or the other. Yeah, yeah, but but from <laughs> our perspective, um, it certainly saved us. Um, Paperwork in in regards to a lot less people going to court over relatively black and white issues or simple issues. Mm. I know so, the, I know the old uh, traffic camera people that love to get on the camera there with the picture of themselves holding the phone down beside or something like that. Come can I fight this? You well, know you idiot, you can't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, well, that, so for the photographic evidence is, is pretty open and shut, really. Mm. Well, yeah. well, I suppose we should take the policeman hat off. This is, I mean, that was, uh, I just couldn't help it. I had to ask you the question and get the super trooper gag in. Sorry, mate. I, <laughs> That's all right. I couldn't help it. And you don't have a moustache, do you? So we... No, no, not anymore. <laughs> I've got he might, that. He might be a good character for how Blue was more singlet. I reckon he would be. Mm. I reckon we should talk him into it. Mm. We're going to do a, we're gonna do a <laughs> He's comedy. He's going, what? Going, what? <laughs> what are you guys cooking up? 
<laughs> you don't do a comedy just so that you know. Right. Rod Hanafi, Rod Hanafi wrote a thing called How Blue Was My Simlet, right? Okay. Like, remember how green, how green was my cactus? Yes. Right. Yep. Well, this is how this is a it's just a piss take on trucks and coppers and all that sort of stuff, and it's how blue was my signal. Okay. And he's written he's written four or five episodes of it, and I've read through it, and it really is horribly funny, right? Yeah. Believe it or not, believe it or not, Rod Hanifi does have a sense of humour. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Breaking, breaking news is as dry as a chip, but he does have a sense of humour, right? And okay. I've been reading it. We've, we've got to get some characters for it. You could be the policeman if you wanted to be. We'll see yeah, how we go. We'll talk, we'll talk about it off air. It's quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. But, yeah. <laughs> I got you back to talk about this research study that you've been doing. Now, I think yes. we may have led the punters astray when we had you on last time, mate. Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure, not sure that it, it came through um, perhaps quite clearly enough, but um, yeah. and, and, and I've, I've sought clarification from our ethics people as well. Um, yeah. As much as I would love to be able to ring people and ask them to be involved, that would be a a, um, a, a breach of my ethics approval. Right. And I've, I've got to stay on side with the ethics people because if I don't, then the whole project gets shut down and everything I've put into it so far... Uh, it turns out Worthless. to be for nothing. Um, no so, no, and I, I certainly don't want that to happen. Yeah. So um, the, the protocol requires me to basically um, put it out there that I'm doing this research and that yeah. I'm looking for truck drivers and, and managers and, and law enforcement officers to participate in interviews. Mm. Um, and, and then um, I can refer to... Uh, some some information sheets, and I, I'm not sure whether I've I've um, shown them to you before, Mike. But mm. um, uh, on those information sheets, it explains the process um, and it, and gives a, a brief description of what I'm doing and why, yeah. um, and and that's about as far as I can go. Um, yeah. I've then got then got to um, wait until people have read that information and made a decision about whether they are still willing to participate uh, as an interview participant. Um, and then they they contact me on the either the email or the uh, the phone number that's um, attached to that paperwork. Yeah. Um, so, mm. Yeah. That, so so that, 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 that's that, the way that's the way it has to go. So. Well, that was a bit my fault because I, I sort of said you know then you, you we we collect some we collect some phone numbers and bring it ring and that obviously can't happen and that's no. you know that that's on me so I'm not trying to wreck your study so now I'm going to do what I can <laughs> to fix it. Um, That's all right. So we, we, we've 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 given we've given um, Greg a little bit of space at the start of the industry section in the Truck and Life magazine just to explain what he's up to and what he's doing. Now, by the time the magazine comes out on August the fifth, it's cut pretty well into into the amount of time that that Greg had had allocated for doing the actual uh, data collection. So, I mean, I, unfortunately, Greg, I'm not going to move the whole um, date of the magazine forward to accommodate your time. I'm sorry I can't do that for you, mate. That's, that's perfectly I'll, understandable. <laughs> what I will do, though, is we've got to obviously have our chat now. This will be replayed again tomorrow night, and I'll mention it again in the upcoming podcasts. Yeah, and that'd be great. The, 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 uh, the thing about this, would you just like to go over exactly what it is that you're researching and the sort of questions that you're likely to 
in count. I'm going to do mine just so that everyone knows, full disclosure, I have volunteered to be part of this research study. I know a couple of other guys who, who are interested in doing it as well. And, um, I, you know, I've read the thing. But, I mean, are you able to sort of be elaborate on what the sort of questions are going to be? Yeah, well, basically the, the purpose of the research is to um, essentially look at the dynamic between um, driver fatigue laws and how they're enforced and how that enforcement influences uh, the intentions and behaviour of truck drivers. So I, I want to find out, you know, what works for truck drivers and why it works and what doesn't work for truck drivers and why it doesn't work. Uh, because, you know, we, we can have all the, all the laws in the world um, designed by people who are, you know, Further up the chain than uh, than the guys who are at the the guys and girls who are at the at the coal face, um, but if it's not working for the the truck drivers at the coal face, then we need to have a serious look at it. Um, yeah. So yeah, is it um, is it that the laws are working but people don't understand them? Is it that um, the laws are too restrictive um, because of the circumstances of some uh, some drivers find themselves in? Um, you know, there, there, there's, you know, I'm, I, I know a fair bit about the industry, but uh, but I've I've never driven a truck, um, yeah. and, and I've never been a long haul driver, um, and this is why it's imperative for me if this if this research is going to work, um, imperative for me to get the perspective of the people at at the coalface, uh, yeah. and I'm looking I'm looking for um, uh, for for drivers with, you know, lots of experience, drivers with middle-level experience drivers with um, you know, a little experience that are new to the industry? How do they find it coming into the industry for the first time? Uh, I'm interested in drivers that, that work in both uh, prescriptive, so HVNL states, as well yeah. as drivers that work in Western Australia, Northern Territory, in um, workplace health and safety uh, jurisdictions, and also yeah. drivers that work between those two, because they, they will provide a valuable perspective of um, the, the two different systems and, and what they think works and, and doesn't work and, and why. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there's really no restriction on um, any sort of driver. Um, you know, if, if someone thinks they, they might not have been in the game long enough, well, that, that's not, not something I'm concerned about. I, I still want to hear from you. Mm. Well, they've got an, I think the guys that are just starting really are beyond the eight ball. They, they've got a hell of a lot to learn. And uh, sometimes we we don't seem to grasp the fact very well that just because you've got a license doesn't mean you understand what the job is. Well, no. yeah. But one one thing that's that's long struck me is that um, if if you're on uh, AFM or BFM, you, you've got to do an accreditation. So there's there's a, a level of training there. Um, yeah. But if you come into the industry just on standard hours, unless yeah. the company you're working for volunteers to do some training for you you get nothing you've, right. you've got the you've got the 34 odd pages of instructions in the front of the work diary and then the rest of it is up to yourself so to, to what extent do drivers um, particularly new ones in the industry understand their obligations in regards to compliance with uh, driver fatigue legislation um, yeah. you know, is it a training issue is it, is it a knowledge issue is it um, pressures from you now the the boss to to keep going or or whatever, um, yeah. you know, there, and and there was you know over my policing career, I, I obviously spoke to 
you know, tens of thousands of truck drivers. Yeah. Um, and and you know, there, there was such a, a broad range of um, discussions about um, compliance and, and um, you know, what made it good for them to comply, um, what, you know, what made it hard for them to comply. Um, but particularly for the, the you know, younger people coming into the industry, um, you know, they they're not in the in the position of someone who's been around for you know thirty or forty years that can put their foot down and, and say to someone, no, I'm not going to continue. I'm going to have a break. Um, yeah. you know, so so the, what influences them is different to what might influence a, um, a someone who's been around for a lot longer, uh, and and that's the sort of stuff that I want to find out. In a in a scientific sense. Mm. Well, the the reality of any of this is that you, you know you've got to be pragmatic. You can't solve the problem until you know the answers to the questions. Mm. And it seems to me that a lot of the times these days, people don't want to ask the hard questions because they just don't want to know the answers. And yeah, and unfortunately, unfortunately, you can't fix the problem really if you don't have the have the correct answers to the correct questions. I think you're going to be asking the correct questions. Well, I, I like to think so. There, there's there's been a lot of effort put into um, structuring the the interviews, um, yeah. and and while the interviews are, it, it's what we call a semi-structured interview. So there is um, a, a list of questions, um, mm. and and um, there, there's there's in total there's about nine pages that I've got, but I won't be asking all nine pages of questions purely because. There's two sets of questions, and which set of questions I ask depends on your answers to the first few uh, first few questions. Right. So, yep. so, so that the first few questions will be uh, there's a bit of demographic data in regards to how long you've been in the industry and, and where you've worked. Yep. Um, yep. But then, then there's some information about your knowledge of driver fatigue, yep. um, and, and depending upon your answers to that, there's that, that's where the questions separate. So, yeah. so if someone says, "Oh, look, I haven't got a clue about fatigue," okay, yeah. um, I, I, then there's a, a different series of questions. If someone says, um, "Yep, I know all about fatigue. I can quote the definitions, the, the legal definitions to you," okay, yeah. that's fine. Then I can ask ask questions based around your knowledge of fatigue. Um, so, so that's the only the only difference. So, I, I suppose when we separate those those two question streams, um, there's probably about um, five pages of questions, yeah. um, you know. So, and and I, I'm thinking, depending upon how long people are, are happy to talk for, uh, it should be between thirty to sixty minutes. Mm. So, um, oh, you know, well, if, if, if people are able to give me give me that much of their time, I would sincerely appreciate it. Well, bolt yourself in and get yourself a glass of water because you'll be listening to me for sixty minutes on Friday, I'm sure. <laughs> I can't help myself. I can't well, help myself. <clears throat> I mean, that, that's great. I'd be happy personally. I'd be happy to do mine with you now. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't look. I seriously, people have to know, and you know, and I'm I'm more than happy to tell the truth about what I've done my driving career. And you know, as Greg says, I'm in the age demographic now, where if someone told me to go and do something, I thought it was either bullshit, unsafe, or impractical, or for whatever reason unnecessary. I'd be quite happy to say no, you know. Mm. But that also happens because I know for a fact, I'm, if, if I said no and I had a good reason for saying no, the bloke I work for was, would, would be asked, to, you know, be saying, oh, well, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, Mick, you're right, go to bed, you know, it's all good. Mm. Um, 
there are other bosses out there that are going, well, if you even, either, either take it now or don't let the door hit you in the arse on the way out, I'd be saying that that would be the bloke I'd be reporting to the NHVR mm-hmm. uh, while I was going to look for another job, mm. you know. So, so Greg, I mean, can, can we just let our listeners know where, where your intent is for this research to end up? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, look, I'm I'm looking at um, I, I'm I'm doing it by by what's called um, a, a series of papers. So th- there's two ways you can go about doing a thesis, and one is to put a, a thesis together, which which is basically from start to finish, around about a hundred to hundred and twenty thousand words, um, and and um, th- that's like a traditional way of doing it, but. The other way of doing it, which is the way I'm, I'm going to, to be approaching it, is to do it by a series of papers. So mm-hmm. um, I, and I, I do submit a, a thesis ultimately at the end of it, but along the way I do the research projects and then write various papers which will appear in academic journals. Right. Um, now the, 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 There's a whole range of academic journals and they're, they're graded from, I think, one to about five, basically one being being the best as far as its um, uh, you know, stringency and accuracy and the processes they use to um, you know, uh, uh, increase the quality of the, of the journal. Um, yeah. and, and then down to about five where they're, they're generally kind of newish journals or they're, um, you know, they're, they're not um, broadly published, uh, not in areas broadly published, so they're, so they're not quite as well tested. Um, but but I'm, I'm aiming for you know, the, the upper level of journals. So what I produce um, in these academic journals will be um, you know, of, of a very high quality. So I've got to make sure um, everything I, I say, every um, argument I make, has all of the, the research data there to back it up. Mm. Yep. Um, so those uh, findings, when, when they're published, is that accessible by the everyday Joe? to take that forward to their local members um wherever to to help make a point of of you know depending on the outcome whether yep. the laws are b- being too prescriptive are actually having an adverse effect on drivers more so than helping you know the big picture Ooh. well look there, there's there's a lot of journals that are around that um, are available um, just just on an internet search, um, some of them are, are behind a paywall, so you do have to uh, pay for them. Um, but but part of the the process that I'm I'm going through, and and part of the invitation process for people to participate, is um, an offer of um, passing on to them to the the findings of of the research that I'm doing. So anybody who um, who participates in an interview, um, I'll be giving them the option of saying at the end of it, look, are you interested in um, in me getting back to you with the results of the research once I've done it? Um, yeah. and, and if they're interested, certainly I, I can get that to them. Um, uh, it, that, that's not going to be necessarily a, a quick process, but um, but it would just simply be a matter of me um, maintaining a, a like an email address or something. Once the results are are out, then I can uh, I can let those those people know, um, but but ultimately um, the the research um, will be accessible to to other academics, to um, uh, you know the, the the politicians, the the bureaucrats, um, and and pretty much anybody who 
is interested or who has access to to the um, road safety journals. Um, and certainly from my part, um, anybody who wants to get hold of the work that I've published, um, simply a matter of emailing me um, you know, once once it's completed. Mm. And I'm only too happy to... So, so with, with ethics here, we're, we're quite okay to publish where to get in contact with you. Uh, yeah, you, you can you can put um, my email address, yeah, um, yep. or, or my I've got a, um, a university-funded mobile phone number which I can I can pass on to you. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, either now or, or or later on if you want, but um, either the phone number or the the uh, email address. Um, there, if you've got a, um, a a website or a, or some kind of um, electronic um, system, I, I can email you a, a link where people could actually click on that link and, and access uh, the participant information. Right. Um, and, and that's got in basically a, a, an invitation letter, um, some in information about um, the structure of what I'm doing and how it will work, uh, and then some information about how the data will be used. So there's there's three documents that they can attach, sorry, they can access uh, via that link. Yeah. And, and just there's a way we can guarantee that the participants have are, are totally anonymous in this. Absolutely. Again, it gets back to the ethical approval. Um, it's I, I, I'm not allowed to to tell anybody who is involved. Um, the 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 protocols for um, confidentiality confidentiality and anonymity um, are very very strict. Um, and again, if if any leakage comes out um, my project gets shut down so um, even if if someone you know desperately wanted me to say you know who said this who said that um, I'm, I'm unable to to say so um, the other part of the process one of the reasons why I've got a university funded mobile phone is that at the end of the process um, that um, the sim card out of that phone gets taken out and destroyed so there's not even any not even any record of who I've rung and how long I spoke to them for and when I rang them and what their phone numbers were for, what their phone numbers were or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, that that is how strict the protocol is. And when when we're doing the interviews, um, when I get to the stage of transcribing them, uh, I, I take out the, the the name of the driver, you know, Bill, Bob, John, whatever, and replace it with driver number one, driver number two, whatever their their allocated number is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and if they, for example, work for a, a prominent company and make make reference to that company, um, again, that's something that is is de-identified um, throughout the the transcription process. Right. So, um, and and the 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 reason for that is is not just to, you know, protect the people who are um, are giving me their time. Um, it's also to to encourage um, the truth to be told. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want people to, um, uh, you know, tell me what sounds good, um, because that's that's not going to take the research anywhere. Um, I really need people to tell me what, you know, to to what, what the truth is. Yeah. Um, in in regards to you know life at the front line for a truck driver. Yeah. Um, and, and if I can't get to that, it, it lessens the quality of the research. So all of those protocols are all about. Um, getting to the truth and, and protecting the people who are telling me that information. Mm.
So I would be hoping that you would be willing to write us a feature article for Truck and Life magazine and, and, and share the data with the readers. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be quite some time before I'm ready to do that. But but yeah, certainly, we're yeah. going to be around in quite some time, mate. So I'll be okay. <laughs> that's that's very good. Yeah. That's very good. Well, I think yeah. we can get this out in some of our, well, certainly in, in the publication, but on our Facebook and other sites. And I yeah. do encourage anybody who's listening to to try to track this down and participate yeah. because we constantly hear of what's wrong. But we never hear of people collectively getting together to try to fix it. Yeah. So yeah, it is a worry. Yeah, yeah. There's no point sitting out there whinging about what the fatigue laws are if you don't actively participate in, in trying to change them. We all, we all mm. understand as drivers that they're not great, um, and that that work diaries, logbooks, whatever you want to call them, in in a lot of circumstances um, hinder a, a good rest period. But we've also got to remember that they do prevent people doing really stupid things. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've always said that the logbook is a line in the sand uh, and it's there to protect the driver. Mm. Uh, and, the, and the reason why I say that is because you get to the point where you can say to your employer, look, mate, I'm sorry, but you know the, the logbook says I can't go, I need to have a break, and you have to be strong enough to take that point of view. Mm. And I've been quoted mm. as saying that over and over and over for years mm. and years and years. It's not something that's new for me to say that. Um, I think that sometimes we get the wrong end of the stick. It's pretty hard to believe that the driver, that the logbook's there to protect you when you've been nailed for a 15-minute breach or something like that, uh, or you haven't filled your home base out in the... And the and the blokes writing out for that, it's pretty hard to think. Well, it's for my protection. Yeah, but when um, but when they've had excessive periods of work and no rest, yeah, and, you know, you got to look at it sometimes in in some of these scenarios. We're looking at like a racehorse with a jockey on the back with a whip out, and mm. the driver's a horse, and they're getting flogged, and yeah, and there's employers out there doing that, and they oh, they yeah, knowingly yeah. do it, and that's where yeah. my belief. That, that the employers in, in some of these cases should be taken to task as well. Um, well, we do talk about the chain of responsibility, but sometimes the chain doesn't go very far, does it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and look, as I said last time, um, yeah, last time you had me on, and um, yeah, my, my process was, was uh, okay, if a driver's made one mistake, your mistakes, whatever, you know, it, it can just be an oversight. But yeah. when you go back through a work diary and there's, you know, three or four issues with, with hours or, or time, that um, mm. makes you start to think, okay, why is this guy doing this? Um, yeah. you know, is, is, is this just someone who doesn't care or is it someone who's under pressure from the boss or someone who's under pressure from their, their primary contractor? Um, you know, so, so that invited a, a discussion that that didn't just, from my perspective anyway, didn't just focus on the driver. Um, it made me start thinking about further up the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, un- unfortunately, um, there there wasn't a lot of time in our in our schedule to actually spend too much time going further up the chain. But um, when I was working at um, at a particular unit out of out of the Traffic and Highway Patrol Command, that was primarily our job, um, and that was that was very satisfying. To be able to, act, to to go and knock on the boss's door, um, and and explain the situation, um, because by the time you get to that stage, you're not just 
dealing with the driver you spoke to. You're dealing with all of the drivers that are under the the, the control of that manager. Mm, so yeah. if, that, if that company's got 15, 20 drivers, then by knocking on the boss's door, you're doing 15 or 20 drivers a favour. That's right. Yeah. You know, so so um, I, I I would like to see you know um, more of that occur, but but I understand the 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 time pressures that your average high patrol guy is under. Um, and, um, and, and there's so many other things like they're, they're not just high patrol police, they're, they're, they're police. Um, yeah. so it, it's not just traffic stuff that, that occupies their duty, uh, occupies their time. Yes, that duty occupies most of their time, but, uh, when it comes to, to other things, um, you know, major emergencies or whatever, um, they're, they're thrown back in with any other uniformed police officer. So, um, yeah. you know, the, the, the timeframes for that sort of stuff, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see more more time given to, you know, um, up the chain investigations, but um, but that's, um, you know, a, a matter for others to work around now, now that I'm out. Yeah. Well, I sort of think, I heard what you're saying, I hear what you're saying there, and I do think that it's, it, it, like I understand the reasons for it, like you say, they're just the highway patrol guys are police, and 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 they've got more to do than just the highway, you know, the highway work. Obviously, yep. you know, you, you get they get to see uh, a hell of a lot of other things on the highway that can take up inordinate amounts of time. Stuff like stupid mm. protesters on freeways, for example. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. So, but at the same time, I think that to not go after these these companies. I mean, there'd have to be a certain level of intelligence that's available to the police. Uh, we'd be fooling ourselves if we think that there's not. They'd know who the... You've got to know who the robes are, surely. And, and, and you've got to know who's pushing people and who's not. I mean, surely at some stage you must have had a driver spill his guts to you about something that's happened or something that's happening where he's working. Oh, look, that, that used to happen... Quite frequently, um, and, and particularly when I worked in Wagga, I, I had a good network of um, colleagues from interstate, um, you know, Victoria, yeah. Queensland, and, and particularly South Australia, where we used to share uh, intel, intelligence information about um, various companies, and yeah. um, and and that that sort of um, saw us, you know, like we, we might have intelligence about a, a New South Wales-based company, and when that company went into South Australia. Uh, my mm. contacts over there would see the truck and, and stop it and have a chat with the driver. Um, yeah. And, and the, the, the reverse situation would occur when a, 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 a company known to uh, a South Australian police would come into New South Wales and, and we would have a look at it here. Um, yeah, so so the, the actual rogue companies, um, yeah, we, we knew who they were at, at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a lot of this was before heavy vehicle national law came in. Um, yes. So so we, we didn't have the scope to, um, you know, if I'm New South Wales based, um, under heavy vehicle national law, I can prosecute a company that's based in South Australia or Victoria or any other participating state. We didn't yeah. have that at the time. So the best we could do was pass the information we had on to the relevant uh, jurisdiction and hope that they would do something with that information. Yeah. And, you know, so, so, you know, there, there is a lot of um, positive things in regards to 
the, the capabilities under heavy vehicle national law to go further up the chain. Um, but whether whether it's it's purely a, a time factor for police to do it, or whether it's um, you know a, a knowledge factor, um, and and for all I know, since I left, there, there may have even been um, some kind of protocol where you know the the police work at the ground level and then leave the rest of it to uh, NHVR to, to follow up with the companies. Um, yeah. you know, whether that's how it's working now, I, I, I don't know because uh, you know, I, I, I emphasise the, the ex-police that I am now. Um, yeah. you know, but but, but the, the law certainly does provide those capabilities. Um, and I, I think there is acknowledgement um, from from you know some of the NHVR and and the police that I speak to that you know they would they would love to spend more time going up the chain, mm. um, you know, but but for various reasons, um, many of which are unknown to me, um, that that you know the, the freedom to do that is is fairly restricted, mm. unfortunately. I think the resource applied to some of those areas is is lacking. Um, you know, they, it, it costs a lot of money to employ yeah. the right person to go and do that job. Yeah. And I, I don't think they have that. They don't have enough in their in their piggy bank to, to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. From what yeah. I see of what they pay investigative officers and and that within the organisations is, is a pittance of what they need to, to get the right people. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it is a very time-consuming process, and it, and it is a, a specialist level of knowledge that's required to do all of that. Mm. Um, you know, if, if you're going to go from from the driver all the way up the chain, and you're looking at um, the the prime contractor, the um, you know, for example, if a if a load falls off a truck, um, you, you've got to look at the guy who who loaded it, um, mm. the, the prime contractor, the the you know, the, the scheduler, the, the owner, the operator. Um, if it's um, a, a subcontractor um, that that's towing the trailer that the load fell off, well, then that adds another level of complexity to it. So it, it's not something that can be done, you know, in in a day over the phone. No. Um, you, you, you've got to go and formally interview people. And and if if an incident occurs in Queensland um, where the the driver is from New South Wales, but it's a South Australian company, that adds to the complexity because people across three jurisdictions have got to be interviewed. Mm. Um, Don't you, know, you think uh, that some of these companies hide behind that complexity? Look, they, 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 the, the capability for them to to do that, um, I, I, under the law, it, it's probably maybe maybe hiding behind the law is not the right term, but um, maybe you know, uh, an expectation that um, it's going to be too complex for them to to actually get looked at. Um, yeah. Maybe that might be part of the part of the process that part of their thinking, um, but but without actually delving into it further, um, that that's a, a difficult one to to uh, to nail down. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, think I... they have the right people looking. That's part of the problem. There are yeah. people in the industry that would know exactly where to look. They'd know who to interview. They'd know the whole thing. They'd probably know which drawer of the filing cabinet to go to. <clears throat> yeah. But, but they're well, not employed by the authorities. That's the problem. No. no. Yeah. And, yeah. and those I'd people won't work for yeah. 60 grand a year. That's, yeah. They just won't do it. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I suppose it's like a, like a lot of 
um, issues that that you know investigative organisations need to follow up on. Um, you know, for example, you know, the, the police following up on you know um, criminal gangs. Um, there's a lot of things that the criminal gangs know that the cops know about how they operate. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, and 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 like any like any industry, um, you know, if you're whether it's transport industry or, or some other industry, you know, when you're working in that industry day to day, you get to know a lot more about the ins and outs of it and, and what your obligations are and how you can scoot around your obligations um, than, what any, than what any investigative organisation could ever you know, dream of, of knowing. Oh, well, you know, I can tell you, mate, back in the day, we had, it wasn't uncommon for blokes to have a couple of licences, a couple of logbooks, you know, and be yep. able to manage all that so that you could be coming and going, and yep. you know, and and we did it. We just did. Yeah. It. it was part well, of the job. I, I recall, you know, um, stopping drivers and and not just truck drivers, but car drivers as well, um, yeah. because the because the jurisdictions didn't communicate. So, yeah. um, you know, for for example, there was one guy I I pulled up, and I think he had three licenses all in yeah. different jurisdictions. So, yeah. and, and they all had 12 points. So this guy's running on, what's that, 36 demerit points before he loses yeah. a, a, loses all of his <laughs> license. But yeah. he was able to get away with that by producing a, a birth certificate from from another like from um, to another jurisdiction after his yeah. home jurisdiction license had been suspended and says, yeah. oh, by the way, they, they, they buggered up the month. I was actually born in April, not June. Yeah. yeah. So, so they put in his his name and date of birth with the April address. Oh, sorry, with the April month instead of June, and of course nothing mm. comes up. So, oh, yeah, welcome to this jurisdiction. Here's your license. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so so there's a bit of um, perhaps naivety on the, those in those circumstances that the the people actually issuing the license that they they really need to question. You know, is is this legit or is you know, this yeah. sounds a bit dodgy? Uh, and and look a bit, you know, further. Cast their search a, a bit wider um, to try and identify why this person has turned up um, uh, looking for a license. Mm. Yeah, part of the other part about this, I mean, it's it's probably not quite so much the case these days with the federal license systems with heavy vehicles, uh, heavy vehicle licenses. But back in the day when we had the paper licenses with no picture on them or anything like that, it was. Yeah, it was pretty easy, and you go, you go and get a different logbook from a different state, and you know you make sure you never produce the license from the state that you're in. You produce the other one, yep. and you know, and we and we just skirted our way around it. You know, yeah. uh, and, and, outlaw, and, outlaws forever. You know, outlaw truckers yeah. forever. We were it was ridiculous. Yeah, the the old paper licenses were a, were quite the rort, um, and and the only way we could really test the identity of someone was to ask them to. Sign the sign their name, and if it looked yeah. similar to the one that was on the paper, well, that was all we could run with, really. Yeah, it made me laugh. I got pulled up by a couple of highway patrol coppers down at Benalla one day, and there uh, were two of them in the car. And one walked up and said, "Give me your license, logbook driver." And I just handed it out the window to him, and he and he went off. And another one came up and, and said, "License, the logbook driver." I nearly. <laughs> It would have been got the spare. And he and he just looked at me and because you can see it written all over his face, I know you've got one. <laughs> you know? 
Uh, but no, you blokes are pretty fair. I, 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 honestly, I've never really had too much trouble with highway patrol guys. A lot of Max ever said to you, mate. But, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that, that's that's good to hear. Um, you know, like, I mean, I, I think I've, I've said before that you know my my learning about um, how to deal with truck drivers you know, developed over um, over the length of my career, and I'd like to think that I, I got it pretty well right towards the end. I reckon you and I encountered each other on the highway, you know. No, oh, okay. Well, I hope it was a good I, encounter. I, well, it would have been, I'd, I'd imagine, because I've never, I've never really had a bad one. <laughs> I, 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 you know, like I'm, I can only speak for myself. I never ever used to fly out of the truck and go off me, off me dial because I, I always, I learned early that you, if you did, you, you didn't win, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, you know, if you're ever taking the piss, where well, you just copped it on the chin and. Uh, and and at the same time, realise that that um, you know you blokes are just doing your job, so no one ever gave me a real hard time. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly think I encountered you. I honestly think I okay. did. I just, yeah. Oh, anyway, there you go. Could, could well have been. I was I was out there for a while, but um, yeah, you were. Yeah, like the, yeah. the the guys that that um, you know, jump out of the truck and and carry on with a you know a big mouth and bad manners. It, it never works out well for them. So, yeah, um, you know the the, um, the the guys that get out and, and are reasonable, you can have a conversation with them, and well, having a conversation, yeah. you know, you can resolve, you know, most of the issues, if not all of the issues that you you want to talk about. Yeah. Well, we got breaking news. I mean, not that I'm interested in the state of origin at all, because we are, you know, that is going on. State of origin live. Tom Trebojevic's horror injury, three minute in. I know. Okay. He's been taken off. He's been taken off the pitch. That's uh, gone sideways for for Tom. So yeah, there you go. Breaking news, listeners. He's oh, coming back from a uh, concussion injury, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I thought he did. I, 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 yeah, he wasn't. A, wasn't he uh, training non-contact during the week? I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, not sure. I mean, I, I don't follow the rugby league that closely. I'm more of a no. AFL or a rugby union fan, but. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So just to just to wrap it up, this research study, mate, you've got your your data collection phase, which is supposed to go until basically November, isn't it? Well, um, probably the end of October. Um, yeah, like I've 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 started in like starting in June, July, and then August, and then um yeah depending upon how i'm going i could probably stretch it to uh to october um right but, but I, I i sort of need to to finalize it um to finalize the data collection um probably you know october at the latest so yeah. that i can then you know because then that gives me um 14 months to to write everything up which and it's yeah. probably going to take every every one of those 14 months um so yeah. um yeah because i'm i've there's several phases to um, the research project that I'm doing, and yeah. this is just one phase of it. Yeah. So, so it's a, given that it's not a you know tick A B C D or E sort of a thing that you can just go and collate those responses straight into the matrix. It's a with the fact that you've got these questions and they're a little bit more open ended. The interpretation yeah. of the data is probably going to be what's going to take some time, really, isn't it? Absolutely, that that will be the challenge. Um, like I said, the, what I want to find out is not just the what, um, mm. but it's the why. And mm. and 
picking a box, you know, between one and five will give you the what, but it won't give you the why. Mm. Um, so, so that's what I'm I'm really looking for out of this research. Yeah. Uh, and like you say, that that's that's where the challenge will come from in um, analysing and interpreting all of that data and, and turning it into a, a, a research paper. Yeah. When are you likely, you said it's going to take about 14 months to uh, to do all that. So we're looking at a, a sort of a, some sort of an answer sometime in early 2025. Is that when you're looking to have this wrapped up? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I've got to, got to have it finished by... Uh, 10th of January 2025. Not that I'm keeping an eye on that date, but um, but that's that's when I'm going to have it finished by. Um, yeah. So um, and and then after that, it it goes through like the, the I submit it um, on or before that date, um, yep. and then it gets it gets sent away and, and assessed. And I'm I'm not exactly sure um, you know, how long that will take, um, yep. but 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 at least a few months I anticipate. Um, and then, and then, if that comes back, and I need to, to rearrange anything, then that sort of extends the process again. Um, yeah. But, but if, if I can get um, my, my intention is to get a, a series of research papers um, drawn up and and published along the way. So, um, you know, as, as soon as I've got those ones together, um, I should be able to give some kind of um, feedback to to the participants about uh, about what I'm finding. Yeah. So once you've actually finished that though and presented it and it's accepted, they will give you a mark out of a thousand, and uh, they will decide whether you're awarded your PhD or not. What is well, that? It's, so, it's, it, yeah, it, it's not so much a a mark. It's it's a, a pass or fail, basically. I was I, I was sorry, mate. I was, I, I was that was tongue in cheek when I said that. I, yes, I, right. I, I I have I have spent a little bit of time in academia. I haven't always been a truck driver. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you get your pass or you fail. Um, should you fail, does that mean that the data you've collected is wasted? Or is that, what what's that no. happen there? I mean, in the, in the unlikely event that you fail. No, well, well, what the, once I've collected the data um, and mm. once I've finished analysing it, it basically goes into a pool where it sits for, yeah. for up to five years. Um, yep. And if, if anybody, um, like our other academics will know um, that that data exists, and mm. if they want to use that data for their own purposes, then they mm. um, they they can, but they've got to put it. It's got to go through a uh, an ethics protocol again. Um, yeah. So so by the time anybody else used that data that I've collected, um, mm. it would be completely um, de-identified. So no one would know, um, you know, who said what or where it came from. They would just yeah. know that it exists. Yeah. Um, and, and there a number of truck drivers who interviewed, and this is what they said. Um, and, and so someone might want to do a um, like I'm, I'm, my, my research is is qualitative. Um, yeah. So so I'm looking at at what people say and and um, and you know what what they're thinking. Um, someone, for example, might want to look uh, look at my data and do a, a quantitative assessment of it. Um, so look at how many truck drivers were interviewed, how many truck drivers said this, how many truck drivers said that, what percentage, and and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so so that data sits there for, for at least five years. Um, yes. After five years, I'm not 100% sure. I think it either gets archived or disposed of. But yeah. generally, after, after five years, that kind of primary data loses its recency. So yeah. um, it becomes less relevant. 
Um, so yeah. someone could look at what I've done and and follow the model of what I've done, um, and and do the same thing again um, after yeah. five years to to refresh the data. Um, but but certainly, um, you know, any data that I collect um, is 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 and will remain anonymous. So and in the event that you pass and and the uh, PhD from Western Sydney University is conferred upon you, what does yes. that mean for you? I mean, what do you do then? Are you are you another Professor Quinlan? Are you exposing it all to the public and the and the politicians, or what happens then, mate? Well, what what, what it will do is it um it, it will allow me to um I, I guess speak with a, a more authoritative voice um yep. you know be, because what what I can argue through my research um I, I can back up I've got the data to back it up you know if yep. I say X, Y, Z, and someone comes back saying, oh, I think that's a load of crap. Well, I can point yeah. to why I said X, Y, Z, and I can, I can support my argument. Yeah. Um, so at, at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it, I hope it will um, improve the clarity and quality of my voice. Um, yeah. But also, um, but, I mean, already I'm seeing other things um, that I would like to research subsequent right. to, to getting this PhD. There, there's... Um, you know, I was having a chat with some some academic colleagues uh, yesterday, um, mm. and and telling them about you know how I was progressing, and um, and they, I think it was three or four of them there, and they all seemed particularly interested in what I'm doing, um, yep. and suggested other other things that could be done um, as as part of what I'm doing, and and I said, well, look, that's thanks, that's a great idea, but I've got to get through this bit first, um, mm. but certainly I've I've picked up various other little things that. Um, I just made little notes of, and, and once I finish this PhD, um, I'll certainly be looking at, at following up uh, with a, a further re, you know, further research work. Yeah. So you, you're, uh, I suppose the next question. I mean, how how do you how are you funding this, mate? What are you doing for a crust along the way? Uh, you. Well, I, I was one of those um, fortunate uh, police who joined during what we call the pre eighty eight. Um, phase. So yeah. when we when we retire, we we basically get a police pension, um, yeah. ra- rather than a, rather than a lump sum payout. So I'm um, yeah. I'm uh, living off the the police pension um, a- as we speak. Um, yeah. as, as far as um, funding for the the research, um, there there's a federally government a federal government um, funded um, uh, program. That um, that basically pays the 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 fees um, for for people to to go into a PhD, um, mm. and there, there's a, a much higher um, uh, justification for the research. So so it basically took me there there was an application process, um, then you had to put a a, a, a candidature plan together. And yeah. then you've got to go through what they call a confirmation of candidature, and at that stage, that's where you you put your your detailed plan and the rationale and the and all of the the literature searches that you've done to justify, um, you know how you you've identified a gap in the literature, and mm-hmm. how your how your research will fill that gap, um, and and once that's yeah you know, once you, your candidature is confirmed, um, then that that's you know, where where the uh, the government starts paying for it. Yeah, um, I got I've got to ask you at this point, mate. What the hell's driving you to do all this? I mean, you spent your time 
running around like the White Wing Warrior does, mate, uh, seeking out crime and or evil and dealing with that, and yep. you've retired and you've got your pension, mate, why aren't you fishing on the Murray with the missus? What's why? 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 Well, I, I suppose my missus doesn't like fishing, so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, look, I, I've I've got a passion for the topic. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've you know when I was when I was in the in the highway patrol, I, I developed a real interest in yeah. in the transport industry. And and um, you know, what what are we doing that that works? What are we doing that isn't working? And and why is things like fatigue still such an a, a, an uh, issue for the industry? Um, and and just because I retired, I didn't lose that passion um, yeah. and, and depth of interest in in the topic. So um, yeah, it's it's one of the reasons why you know, I, I enjoy um, you know, speaking to guys like yourself. Um, why I thoroughly enjoyed coming to to Wagga and speaking at the NRFA conference, um, and and just being in and around um, people who are in the industry that I've I've kind of been on the periphery of for, for quite a long time. But but have a very deep seated interest in, um, and um, and a, and a passion for um, for finding out why these issues uh, remain in the industry and and what can be done about it. Yeah, well, they haven't changed a lot, have they? I mean, those issues that existed you know, on the highway thirty years ago, forty years ago, still exist today, and. Mm. Um, the game is the, the sort of the game remains the same. The names have changed, but the yep. game remains the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, and you, like you, you know, you guys would know that. <laughs> excuse me. The um, you know, the the roads have changed. The trucks have changed. Um, yeah. the the dynamics of the industry have changed. The people in the industry have changed, but yeah. but fatigue, um, is still a problem. Yeah. Um, so so. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to look at that in in depth. I can't understand why. I mean, we've come a, we we have come a hell of a long way. Um, I mean, the the uh, the grip of the enforcement agencies is is sort of closed right up. I mean, you've got we've got cameras all over the place. I mean, it, it won't be long before um, you can break wind in the cab and they'll know what it smells like. Um, mm. The 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 fact that this fatigue issue still remains is one of those questions that I I haven't got a good answer for. I really don't, and I've been playing for a long time. Mm. Now, what about you, Craig? I mean, have you got an answer for fatigue? The fatigue question? Um, yeah, pull up when you're tired and go to bed. It's quite simple, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's an answer that should be taken note of and allow people to, to do that. As long as you don't pull up at Bogabilla, you'll be oh, right. Oh, well, that's another story, isn't it? But yeah. I think the industry has just become that uh, – there's that bigger push on some, and it's not everywhere, but on yeah. some. And it's normally by the companies that are really – they're harmful to the industry in other ways. So yeah. those drivers that are struggling with these fatigue issues and – you know, you see it down the, the major highways here, the ones that just go down through the middle, like is it tiredness, is it distraction? It, yeah. You know, some days it's hard to tell because they don't hop out telling the truth. But yeah. there should be policies in place that make it easier for drivers to go to bed, and a lot of companies have them. Get off the road yeah. by midnight, don't do this, don't do yeah. that. Like it's a policy that a lot should have. Um, 
and it's just a simple no push. But like I said, yeah. some of these guys are like they're like race horses. They're just getting flogged, and yeah. they leave one job, they go to another. It might be better for a bit for a while, but mm. then they go again. Um, yeah. So, but the people behind it all know the problem. So you've got consigners, consignees, the whole lot that know that it's a problem. They know when they send yeah. their freight that yeah. there's going to be an issue with fatigue. Everyone speaks about it and no one cares. That's yeah. that's the problem. So until they start knocking on the doors of the people that are the major contributors to that, nothing mm. will ever change. They'll find another mm. way um, and that's how it happens. So hopefully with reports like this, it, it does become known from an academic level that this is actually where these problems come from. Like, mm. but in my view, it's simple. If you tie a go to bed and nothing should um, take away from that, it's it's quite simple. Mm. Yeah. There, there are a number of factors that drive bikes to go too hard, and it's not always it's not always to do with uh, the bosses either. I mean, there's trip money and. No, having to be in the right place to be in the right place tomorrow so you don't trip the camera. There's a lot of reasons we can talk about. Mm. We don't have time to go into it now because it's coming up at the top of the hour and we're nearly done for today. But, uh, Greg, I, I just wanted to say to you, mate, I give you 110% support for what you're doing. I think it's a great way. What you're doing is a great way to go about getting the answers. And I do hope that you, you, your, uh, your study is ultimately successful. I would call upon all of my colleagues to have a look on the podcast feed and I will be putting Greg's contact information there in the show notes of this show in the podcast feed uh, when I save it down for, for later on. We're going to put the information in Truck and Life magazine. We're going to be putting it on our socials, mm. all Greg's contact information, so that you need to step up and help Greg get the answers mm. to solve the problem. Yeah. If you want change, be a part of it. Yeah, mm. that's it. Oh, well, thanks, Steve. I, I really appreciate your um, your support, and um, and hopefully, um, you know, people will uh, be inspired to, um, you know, to to offer their uh, their time to me. I would sincerely appreciate it. Mm. Well, well, if your phone numbers, in, if your phone numbers in my phone, expect a text message with <laughs> Greg's contact details. All right, it'll happen. Mm. Okay. Well, well, we better just get the right contact details there, eh? We better get the correct right the correct. I've got them, mate. Greg sent them to me the other day, cool. and I'll be giving him my answers on Friday. That's it. We should be done now, Greg. Thanks for coming on the show again, mate. Really mm. appreciate your thanks, time. Thanks, Greg. That's all right. I really appreciate the opportunity once again. Uh, it's all good, mate. Thank you so right. much. We're okay. Done. Thanks, mate. All right. No worries. Have a good night, guys. Right. Thanks, thanks, Greg. See you later. Bye, bye. Well, we must say good night to everyone, Mike. We got to say good night. Yeah, such parting is such sweet sorrow. Yeah, night, Jim, Bob, night, whoever. Yeah. So all those people that are still playing the podcast, the regular podcast that we do, has moved from Friday to Monday now. We've got Saturday Night Live, which will go out. We've got what have we got coming up? We've got the history of rock and roll coming up on uh, on. Um, Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Mm. Um, I've got that one in me in my hot little hand to have a bit of a look at. Um, and look, we're looking for some sponsors too. So if anyone's out there 
that would like to support us and sponsor the shows. We've got advertising space available at very, very reasonable rates on the road radio and uh, some bits and pieces on the podcast. If there's something that you feel that we can do for you, I mean, we've plugged everyone else. It's about time we plug ourselves. Mm. We're getting some really good listener numbers now, and uh, the podcast has always had good listener numbers now. Truck and Live magazine's going out there. Um, there's barely any advertising at all in it to start off with. So, uh, you know, we are going to have to have some because we've got to pay the bills somehow. The printers don't do it for nothing. Um, you can edit, you, you can get hold of me on my number 0418722488. You can email me, Mike, at ontheroadradio.com.au or editor at truckandlife.net.au. You can get hold of Craig. If you subscribe, you'll get the four magazines over the course of the next 12 months with three huge truck posters in them. I've got two of them up on my wall as I speak, Craig. Ooh, don't show that to too many people then, mate. No, no, no. I took photos of it before and sent it to Yogi and he hasn't answered me because I think he's a bit annoyed he hasn't got his yet. Oh. Anyway, that's it, mate. We're done. It's after nine. We've gone over time. Yeah, better give you some news. Everyone Thanks can go back help, to watching mate. The State of Origin. Thanks, Mike. Everyone can go back to The State of Origin, yeah. It's nice and, to hear you I'll... in your calmer state. Mate, I'm just relaxed now. I'm chilled. Everything's good. Yeah. Stress level's a bit lower. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's all, it's, it's all fantastic. That's good. That's it's all good. fantastic. Let's see. Let's talk on Saturday night, mate. Saturday night live, see if we've got some answers from the Minister of Police in New South Wales right. to see what we've got. You never know, eh? Hello, I'm Sarah Patterson. Mm. There's been a new, new development surrounding the tasering of now deceased great grandmother.